Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk to share with you today. There are two books in the Bible that are named for women, Ruth and Esther. While Esther was a Jew, Ruth was not. If you know the Old Testament well, you might find it striking that there's a book in the Hebrew Scriptures named for a Moabite. Let me explain. When Abraham left his homeland for the land God had promised him, he took with him his nephew, Lot. Lot finally ended up living in Sodom. Although he didn't take part in their perversion, choosing to live there ultimately cost him dearly. When God destroyed the city, he rescued Lot because of the prayer of Abraham. Of course, Lot lost his wife, but escaped to the mountains with his two daughters. Lot's daughters decided to get him drunk and sleep with him so he would have descendants and his line wouldn't come to an end. They did this on, they each did this on two successive nights. Each of his daughters had a son, one named Moab and the other Ben-Ami. Moab means from my father. Both of these sons became progenitors of nations, the Moabites and the Ammonites. Later on, both of them became thorns in the flesh of the nation of Israel. When Israel was in the wilderness, Moab enticed them with sexual immorality and introduced them to Baal worship, which down the line finally led to the downfall of the nation of Israel. So God commanded in Deuteronomy 23 that no Ammonite or Moabite could ever enter the congregation of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. Now that we have this background on the Moabites, let's get back to Ruth. In the days of the judges, there was a famine in the land of Judah. A man from Bethlehem, whose name was Elimelech, went with his wife Naomi into the land of Moab to live because of the famine. While there, Elimelech died, leaving Naomi and two sons. These two sons married Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. Neither had children. They lived in Moab about 10 years, and then both of Naomi's sons also died. She heard that the famine was over in Judah, so she decided to go home. She told her daughters-in-law to go back to their Moabite families. Orpah did so, but Ruth wanted to go with her mother-in-law, whom she loved. She famously said these beautiful words, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. So Naomi and Ruth go to the land of Judah, to the town of Bethlehem. When they arrive there, Naomi sends Ruth to glean in the field of Boaz, 
who is one of Naomi's relatives, because it was the time of harvest. Boaz notices her and instructs his servants to deliberately leave extra sheaves in the field for Ruth to gather. He asks about her and is told that she is Ruth, the Moabitess, who came back with Naomi. Boaz is impressed by Ruth's character. He had heard of her loyalty to her mother-in-law when she had opportunity to return to her own people. So Naomi tells Ruth what to do. She tells her to fix herself up, put on some perfume, and then go to the place at the threshing floor where Boaz will sleep. After he is asleep, she says, lie down at his feet and cover yourself with the corner of his blanket. He'll know what to do. Boaz wakes up in the night, and lo and behold, there is a woman there. He's startled and says, who are you? Ruth answers, I am Ruth, your servant, and you are my redeemer. Again, Boaz is impressed with her character that she would want to marry an older man like him and not someone closer to her own age. At this point, we need to remember the Mosaic law of the kinsman redeemer. If a man in Israel died without a son to carry on his name, his brother or his nearest relative was expected to take the widow as his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. He wasn't forced to do this, but it was considered somewhat shameful not to. There was indeed a man who was a closer relative, but he chose not to do the duty of the kinsman redeemer. So Boaz agreed to marry Ruth. Ruth and Naomi go from being destitute to becoming part of the family of a prosperous man In Bethlehem, Naomi's hometown, Boaz and Ruth have a son whom they name Obed. Later on, Obed has a son named Jesse. And then Jesse has a son whose name was David. We all know about him. What's special about this story beyond the natural human interest of two poor women who are rescued from poverty by a godly man. The story of Ruth is not just the story of the redemption of two people, but it is part of the story of the redemption of the whole world. As I'm sure you know, David, Ruth's great-grandson, was the ancestor of Messiah, Jesus, who was born into Israel, grew up, and died and rose again for the sins of the world. The Old Testament clearly predicts that their Redeemer would be a son of David. And of course, he was born in this very town of Bethlehem. What I find so beautiful is that God used people like Ruth, the Moabitess, to bring our Savior to us. We just rehearsed the history of the Moabites. It isn't pretty. The Moabites were the enemies of God's people. And yet, God chose to use a Moabite in this way. If you go through the genealogy of Jesus Christ in the first chapter of Matthew, you will read the names of at least two prostitutes, as well as the fact that David committed adultery with the wife of Uriah. Notice that Bathsheba's name is not mentioned, but the text pointedly tells us that Solomon's father was the wife of another man that David wickedly took for himself while Uriah was out fighting David's battles. And of course, Ruth the Moabitess is mentioned as well. 
She was not a prostitute or a wicked person, just somebody who happened to be born on the wrong side of the tracks, so to speak. God uses imperfect people. He is a redeemer. I'm glad of that because I'm an imperfect person who definitely needs to be redeemed. Listen to this passage from Paul's letter to Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all sin and lawlessness and purify a people for himself. God is not looking for flawless people. He is looking for people who will humble themselves before him, like Ruth humbled herself before Boaz. When we come to him just as we are, he forgives and redeems us, and by the blood of Christ purifies us to be a special people for himself. My friend, are you ever discouraged because of your own failures and weaknesses? Jesus is a redeemer. Jesus will take you as you are and make you what he wants you to be. The grace of God that has appeared to everyone has power to transform you into the beautiful image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to redeem us, to redeem us from all iniquity and lawlessness and to purify us to be a people just for yourself, for your special possession. Lord, encourage my listeners today to know that God has chosen them to redeem them, to purify them, to make them like Jesus in his name. Amen. My dear friend, pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where we meet Sundays at 10 o'clock, 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. That's the American Legion Hall. And by the way, uh, we have begun uh, videotaping the sermons that you can find on my Facebook page or on the Facebook page of Bread of Life Anglican Church. You might be interested to listen to those. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.